0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Judas Goat Coffee House. I'm Callie Hurley, and this episode we are interviewing Caitlin Palmer and Jessica Schenk. If you missed the first episode of the Judas Goat Coffee House, the Judas Goat magazine is a literary magazine that publishes all types of writing, and this podcast features some of those featured writers. The Wayne State College Lit Club started publishing The Judas Goat in 1967 in the spring. Go to wscpress.com for more submission information. I'm here with Caitlin Palmer, and she will be reading her pieces for us today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Some questions. How would you describe where you're at in college right now?
1: Um, I would describe I'm um, doing it like in a really good place. Like I feel like I finally kind of have a grip on what I'm doing and I feel really comfortable here, which is something I'm really thankful for.
0: Good. That's really good to hear. What did you first want to be when you grew up? Like as a child?
1: Um, the very first thing like I remember wanting to be was actually like a doctor and specifically like an OBGYN. And then I realized, like, I'm not very good at science, so then, like, that changed dramatically. And I kind of flip-flopped back and forth until I got here.
0: Yeah, I get that. I'm not a huge fan of science either. What is your major right now in college?
1: Uh, my major right now is I'm an English writing major with a minor in editing and publishing. Wow. How did you find out about the Judas um, I remember getting an email about it, and I was kind of like, I don't really know what this is. And then I was in a couple different writing workshops, and a bunch of my professors kept saying like, you should just submit. Like, if you have work, they're like, you should just try and get into it. They're like, it's like even if you don't, it's still a good opportunity to put your work out there. I'm like, and at kind like at the time, I was like, um, like I don't know if I'm good enough for this. I'm like, but I'm like. And I had a couple of friends read some pieces and they're like, you should just do it. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. (laughs) And so then that's why I submitted them. Yeah. What is
0: your favorite thing
1: to do in Wayne? Uh, My favorite thing kind of depends on the day. I mean, a lot of times I like to go get coffee with some of my friends. Um, Sometimes we just go to scooters and we bring it back here. Other times we'll go to the table and we'll study. And then, other times we just hang out around campus and do whatever we want. Sometimes we watch t v sometimes we get together and we just read. Other times we'll work on homework. It Just kind of depends on the day.
0: yeah, I get that. I love coffee. What are some of your favorite books or even a favorite writer?
1: Uh, one of my favorite books right now that I just finished was the We Hunt the Flame Series so good I was like not expecting to love it as much as I did and my favorite writer of all time is definitely Sarah J Mass. uh she got me into like actually reading again like I got one of her novels for one of my birthdays and I just fell in love with it and then ever since then like I haven't been able to put her books down and I have all of her books right now and I just she's so good at world 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 building and it's just amazing to see what she can do yeah, it's pretty cool to see how some of those
0: writers can just create whole things. What are some of your other interests than writing?
1: Um, other than writing, I really like being involved with like, the theater. I've been a big like speech kid in high school, and I've been involved with my local theater in my hometown since I was like seven. So I love getting out and doing that. And I'm also very passionate about art. I kind of like just sketching and drawing, and sometimes I do a little bit of photography every once in a while. Are there
0: any other types of writing you're interested in?
1: Um, I do kind of like writing, like, actual, like, books and novels sometimes, but, like, I never really have time to finish them. Like, I have an idea, and I'll run with it, and then I kind of, like, get bored, and I'll move on to something else. And I kind of flop back and forth. It really depends.
0: Yeah, that's understandable.
1: Okay, we're going to go to your first two pieces. The first one is called A Heart's Truth Part 1. Everyone feels it differently. Everyone understands it differently. We all accept it in different ways and forms. To each of us, it comes uniquely designed. So many claim it's all the same. But if that's so, then how come everyone's story is different? None of us feel it or understand it like anyone else. We each pick and choose how much of ourselves we give away. And we each risk different amounts of it depending on who we are and what we are searching for. At the end of it all, we're just hoping to find someone who understands it how we do. But when we lose it, we fall apart and something in us just dies. And the second one is called A Heart's Truth Part 2. Don't tell me you understand what I'm going through. Don't pretend that you have any idea what's going on inside my mind. So many of you claim to understand my pain and anguish, but you all know absolutely nothing. My pain isn't your pain. My heartache isn't yours. His betrayal isn't yours to fix. I am not some broken toy that needs to be put back together. Stop saying it's okay or that it will be okay because it's not. Nothing about this is simply okay. And right now, I don't want it to be. But if it was just okay, that means it was never real. So don't patronize me with soft-spoken words and promises of better days. Just leave me with the hurt and let me die. Can I ask what it inspired this piece? Um, It's actually really funny. I was in a pretty long-term relationship and when it ended, it kind of ended just very abruptly. and. It was very like it set me aback a lot and i struggled with it and it was actually in my first day of poetry uh my professor he just said write what you feel and so i literally put all of my pain and anguish just on a paper and i tried to sort it out and then this wasn't the first draft of it like it kind of took some re-editing and revising but eventually this is just kind of a result of how I felt kind of during and after my breakup. And I think it kind of just reflects that what you're going through, like your mental state. And it definitely reflected how I felt inside for quite a while.
0: Yeah, so can you explain uh, why you decided to do it in two separate pieces?
1: I had them together originally, but to me, they just kind of had different tones to them. Like the first one to me is more kind of just saying that it is different for everyone, that it doesn't matter like when you're trying to explain it to people because a lot of times they will try to understand it, but there's no guarantee that they will understand exactly how you feel. And in the second one, I really just wanted to kind of say my piece about it, just saying how like really I felt about what I went through and kind of just saying like how, people want to help you, but in some ways, they just can't.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. What do you want others to feel when they read this?
1: I really just want them to feel like that it's okay to feel what they feel, especially after a breakup. I feel like a lot of times, a lot of people feel like they can't feel how they want to, that it's not okay to be upset about it, or it's not okay to show that they're still hurting. And so I really just want people to feel like it's okay to feel that way about what they went through and that their feelings are never irrelevant, no matter when they feel them or how long it's been, that it's always going to be important how they feel.
0: Yeah, it's always good to have feelings.
1: Okay, let's go into the third piece. Okay. This one is called Blissful Heartache. I found my heart lost in paradise once again. Salty air twisted its way around my soul and danced through my hair. It gave me butterflies. No, not butterflies. It was like the waves were crashing into my soul. I could feel his love like a blissful sunset, the heat caressing my face as it slid off the edge of the world. I buried my feet deeper into the white sand. It warms me. Until suddenly the softness and warmth, the love and comfort is turned into something frozen and cold. My eyes were shut before, but now they are pried open to see the barrenness left behind. The bitter wind sun shivers down my spines and it screams in my ears. The waves were gone, replaced with an utter overwhelming sense of nothingness. There was no love here, only heartache and bitterness. The cold twisted its way around my veins, latching onto my spinal cord and turning me cold. My body sunk further into the abyss, letting the sharp knives of the snow stab at my skin and wrap me in a cocoon of numbness. My heart shatters into fragments of ice. I am no longer a girl lost in love. I am nothing but ice and snow." What is this piece inspired by? Um, it was inspired by an activity that our professor wanted us to do that focused on taking two opposites and branching them from one to the other. So I took from, I went through, I took, again, my own heartache and I put it through my love, the feeling of love, and all the way to eventually what was my breakup and how I felt. And I also took basically the warmth and the cold and brought them together. Because I didn't, I liked both ideas, and I was kind of like, oh, I love doing this, like, hot summer beach, and then, like, this wintry cold. But I'm like, I also want there to be kind of this deeper meaning to it. So I took, again, that very, like, being in love feeling this warmth in your heart to all of a sudden feeling like you have nothing and that you're just very empty inside and cold and so I really just mixed those two themes together to get that piece
0: I think you could really see the transition through there I really like that do you find yourself writing poetry a lot
1: um lately I have for a long time I kind of just didn't I felt like everything I tried to write didn't make sense and it was kind of after I took the poetry class that I learned that really anything can be poetry you just have to make it and so that's basically I followed that advice of just writing what I feel and I put it down on paper and sometimes they don't make sense but even if they don't like it helps me process what I need to and I think eventually sometimes you do get pieces that really are they just stand out from the other ones and you're like this is something that could help other people.
0: Yeah. That's good. Let's move on to the fourth piece.
1: Okay. This one is called, In the Mirrors of Her Eyes. I see the world so much differently than you do. I understand it in a way only few live to do. But in seeing everything in such a harsh light, it made it harder to understand other people and their views, their feelings. It made me unwillingly blinded to the world and everyone else in it. It made me selfish and closed off, and to this day, I regret not opening up to her more and listening to her cries for help. I never knew what my sister was going through until the moment I honestly thought it was too late. That day was the scariest and most eye-opening of my entire life. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety and depression at the age of 15. It was right after I tried to kill myself for the first time. I learned the hard way just how cruel and relentless people can be when they want to hurt someone. They made me feel small and they robbed me of all the happiness I had to give. Every time I looked in the mirror, I saw the shattered glass fragments that were in my mind because of them. Their darkness lurked in every corner of my mind and twisted everything into poison. I thought it would be better if I just ended it. But after I pulled through, I knew I had to live and find a better way. But also I knew that I needed to keep my darkness away from my little sister. She was so bright and full of hope and I didn't want to destroy her with my scattered fragments. She was so confused as to why I shut her out. For the next couple of years, she fought to keep me in her life until one day in 2018 when she suddenly stopped. I thought she had learned at this by this point, I couldn't be there for her in the way she needed me to. I had to fight my own battles before I could ever think of being there for someone else. Sure, I hadn't relapsed in almost three years, but I couldn't risk it. I hadn't realized how complicated she really had become. I guess I never really stopped seeing her as my happy-go-lucky little sister. Sometimes I think about what would have happened if I would have noticed sooner, or if I just would have stopped shutting my door in her face. Eventually, she started shutting her door, and her smile became something of a distant memory. At the time, I thought it was just the fact that her boyfriend had dumped her mere days before, so I didn't pay much mind to it. I wish I wouldn't have, though, because there was so more so much more to her sadness than what met my shielded eyes. I remember the following day like it was truly yesterday. It was early March and there was a frozen barrenness to the world. Fog clung to the earth and the cold hung in the air, turning my hometown into an eternal frozen wasteland, almost like something in an apocalyptic dystopian future. After a tragically boring Friday, I thought it was just like any other day. That night, my sister left for her friend's house, and that was that. I went to bed around 10, without a worry or care in the world. I woke up around 4 a.m. with a sick feeling in my stomach. Something was wrong. I slowly crawled out of my bed and inched my way through the dark of my room. The door opened with a creak, and I winced, hoping my parents wouldn't hear. I noticed right away that my sister's door was open and the bathroom door was shut and the light was gleaming from under it. Knocking softly on the door, I waited for her response. Nothing. Her fan buzzed in the hollow night air. My palms grew sweaty and I could feel my heart palpitating rapidly against my chest. I waited for a few more minutes before checking the handle. Surprisingly, it was unlocked. I opened the door and what I saw next would change my life forever. Immediately, my eyes fell upon my sister, who was laying stomach down on the cold linoleum floor. Her long blonde hair slickened with sweat, her breathing shallow, and her skin beyond pale. At first, I thought she was just sick, but I was horribly wrong. My nose then picked up the scent of alcohol, extreme amounts of alcohol. Quickly, my eyes were drawn to little white pills scattered all all around the floor. I should have screamed, but to this day, I don't know why I didn't. I just fell to the floor with tears in my eyes and held her in my arms and cried. How could I have been so blind? My sister woke up the next morning in her bed. I carried her there shortly after I had gotten her semi-conscious to throw up and sit in the shower for an hour. She didn't say anything to me when she saw me the next morning. I honestly didn't know if she remembered or if she simply didn't want to talk about what had happened. My sister started going to therapy the following week for bipolar depression. I know I can't blame myself for what happened, but a part of me always will. My sister and I did get closer after that. We never spoke of it again, and to this day, I don't know if she ever told my parents what really happened that night. Now, though, I feel like we understand each other in a a way we never could before. We both have a darkness that we cannot control. When we bottle it up for too long, we lose ourselves in the process. In the mirror of our eyes, we share the darkness of the twisted thorns that is depression. But in that same mirror that reflects our darkness, there is a light and this light is love. The love of two sisters who know that life is hard, but together nothing will drive them to giving up without a fight ever again.
0: This is a story that definitely tugs at the heartstrings of like anyone with siblings or even anyone who has has a similar experience in the past. What inspired this
1: piece? This piece was inspired by a friend of mine who told me the story about her and her sibling. And I took this piece for them and created it into a story for them to look back on. And I really wanted them both be able to see it through each other's eyes of how it happened. And I really think that it helped them kind of realize how much they had grown together because of what they went through. And I'm really glad that I could help bring their story into a more, like, public light and help other people realize that it's okay to talk about what you've been through, even if it is dark and scary, but that that's a part of life and that's just, we're human and that's how life happens sometimes.
0: Yeah, that is really cool of you to do.
1: Has your life changed since writing these pieces? um i really think it helps me process my own life a little better i really when writing poetry i think i'm able to express my feelings in a way i don't normally think i can i'm not a person to talk about my feelings i writing them down has always been more of my safe haven and i think poetry definitely helps me work through that Writing nonfiction pieces, especially when I do it for other people, is just I love to be able to help people, especially to process things and really just be able to get their story out, just as I like to get my story out, because at the end of the day, all I want is to help people understand themselves, understand me in some ways, and just really give them a glimpse that you don't have to be perfect all the time.
0: Definitely. What's the most difficult part of your artistic process?
1: Finding time and wrapping my head around a solid thought. I am definitely a night writer. I usually can't get a good solid thought out till like late at night. Like it could be like almost midnight and I'm getting ready for bed and all of a sudden like the idea comes to me or like all of the jumbled up thoughts finally start making sense and then like I have to grab a pen, a paper, or my laptop. And just, like, start spilling it all out on the page because it's, like, once I have the idea, I just have to run with it. But definitely also just finding time, like, I mean, with college and work and all that stuff, I find myself not having time to write anymore, which is kind of a bummer. But I definitely still try to make time for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. What would you recommend to others looking to participate in the Judas
1: Goat? Definitely just start writing stuff, write what you can, even if it's horrible, just start somewhere and like definitely ask your friends or even some of your professors to like look through it and tell you what they think of it. Just get other people's opinions and but really just I think writing what you want and feeling passionate about what you're writing will really help you get your work into the Judas because I think a lot of the work in here, not just my own, is really personal and passionate and you can tell the people who wrote it really loved what they're doing and i think that's a big thing to getting your work published is that you really have to love what you do you can
0: definitely tell a lot of people love what they do that write this stuff thank you a lot for being on here with me really appreciate it yeah thank you so much for having me yeah thank you hi i'm here with jessica shank how are you doing today
2: I'm doing great. Very tired, but. Yeah,
0: I feel that. That's a mood for college kids, right?
1: Yeah, me too.
0: (laughs) They're here reading What If. We are going to start out with some questions. Where would you describe your life right now?
2: In the middle of a crisis. (laughs) (laughs) I've been through three schools. Finally found the right one for right now. That's good. Been through six majors. <laughs> <laughs> um, moved around three towns, I think.
0: So yeah.
2: It's been a wild ride since I graduated. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. What did you want to be when you were a child? Like, Teacher. A teacher? <laughs> teacher. Decided to pursue
2: that, actually, so. That's good. <laughs> or <laughs> trying to get through school, anyway.
0: Yeah? Is that your... What you're pursuing right now, your major? Yep.
2: Secondary education, so crazy right. and teaching high school.
0: <laughs> How did you find out about the Judas Goat?
2: Um, I took a class with Chad Christensen, a fiction workshop, and he really encouraged everybody to per- not only participate in the Fiction Slam first semester of 1920, um, but to submit any and all pieces we wrote and got lucky enough that this one got chosen (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) you mentioned earlier that you no longer live in wayne what was your favorite thing to do in wayne
2: um i grew up in wayne oh wow so (laughs) favorite thing was probably to just go cruising yeah honestly um i had a little two-seater stick shift car pop my best friend in the front seat and <laughs> blast some music at, in the middle of the night best yeah. thing to do in a small town
0: yeah i grew up in a small town too so i kind of get that what are some of your favorite books or even a favorite writer
2: um my favorite books are probably and it's gonna sound very cliche but the harry potter books they were my childhood they're still my like my form of the bible um jk rowling's not my favorite
0: writer but (laughs) favorite series and
2: so i stick with her
0: no yeah me too (laughs) i feel that are there any other types of writing you're interested in
2: um i do a lot of like very short poetry um haven't performed any of that haven't published any of it haven't (laughs) shown anybody any of it but it's a Especially when I get writer's block. Yeah. My go-to to to kind of refresh things. Mm
0: -hmm. What are some of your interests other than writing?
2: I listen to a lot of music. I collect a lot of like vinyls and CDs and cassettes and anything other than Spotify or (laughs) Pandora or um, physical music that I can hold in my hands is my life outside of writing.
0: That's a cool way to listen to music. (laughs) Let's move on to your piece. This is
2: What If. I thought we could have made it. She was my best friend since we were born. We fought through every obstacle together, every bad experience. It was our freshman year of high school when I realized I wanted to be more than just friends, that I wanted her, but I knew she would just laugh it off and move on with her life. God, that laugh. It's what I loved most about her. When she laughed, her eyes would squint and her dimples would make an appearance on just the right side of her face. I sat through six years of her dating guys who weren't me. I watched her heart break after every single one. They left her in a shattered mess each time. All I wanted was to fix every crack, and I had that opportunity, though not in the way I wanted. I was the guy she turned to to hold as she broke down. I was the phone call at midnight when she couldn't sleep, when she needed a shoulder to lean on. I was the guy who slowly put her back together just so she could fall apart because of another. Maybe I should have said something to her, kissed her, done something, anything during all these years. Maybe then I wouldn't be standing next to her fiancé, watching her walk down the aisle in that white dress I helped pick out. Maybe I wouldn't be listening to them saying their vows, telling each other how much they loved them. It felt like an eternity before they traded their I do's and my heart broke as I watched them seal their marriage with a kiss. Everyone was out on the dance floor, enjoying the special night. My best friend and her now husband were in the middle of everyone, dancing like no one was watching. I was sitting by the bar, watching all our friends and family. I turned my back to them and ordered another drink. I wouldn't get drunk. I hated alcohol, but the taste managed to take my mind off of what was happening. I took the first sip when I felt a hand on my shoulder. Spinning around, I came face to face with the girl I was in love with. Do you want to take a walk? It's getting stuffy in here. We walked through the garden out back and stopped when we came upon a fountain. We stood in silence until I couldn't stand the quiet any longer. I never stood a chance with you, did I? She sighed and looked at me and her her face glowing due to the fairy lights around us. That's the sad part, you did once. You were my best friend and I loved you. There was even a time I thought we could be together, for real, but that was a long time ago. I stood silently waiting for her to continue talking though she remained silent. I couldn't help thinking how beautiful she looked in the moonlight. I could do it. I could kiss her right now and either ruin everything between us or start something new, ruining her very new marriage. Did I want to be that awful person? Screw it. I'm going to take the risk or I'll regret never taking the chance. I turned towards her and tapped her shoulder. As she turned to look at me, I locked eyes with her and leaned in. Our lips connected for a blissful ten seconds. What surprised me was that she kissed back.
0: Can you explain where this piece stemmed from?
2: I have a lot of trouble coming up with, like, the start of stories. And so I use prompts from other books, from websites. A lot of the time it's, like, a dialogue piece. Mm -hmm. And then I build a story around it. This particular one was the I never stood a chance, did I? Mm. And I took kind of a spin on it and did it unrequited love mm-hmm. instead of like survival, like a lot of the examples had shown.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh what do you want others to feel when they read this?
2: I want others to feel like, you know, you need to take the chance. Hmm. Um without trying things, without um jumping in head first, you're not ever gonna gain anything
0: yeah why did you write it like this compared to another writing style
2: i wrote it in this kind of format and with the open ending um to show that there's so many possibilities (laughs) you're never guaranteed one outcome um and first person kind of gave me that look into you know this person's mind who's pining after someone Um, And they don't really know what's going to happen by the end of it.
0: Yeah. Do you find yourself writing short stories a lot? All the time.
2: (laughs) I have been since I was eight years old. (laughs) Wow. It is my favorite pastime besides Mm -hmm. the collecting music.
0: Yeah. Are there any projects you're working on?
2: I am actually in the middle of doing kind of a letters to myself kind of thing. Um it's I don't really know what take I'm taking on it yet. Mm-hmm. But it's got that when you're in high school and your teacher says, Well write a letter to your eight year old self. Yeah. It's got that kind of spin to it. And I'm just hoping it turns out Yeah. Well so
0: That's really cool.
2: It's first time trying something in this this style. So Yeah. We'll see.
0: Um do. Th- the pieces you write relate to you at all or are they just strictly fiction
2: a lot of them have stems from like my personal life um I try to find prompts and starting points that I relate to and then like this one it can go from something I've never experienced or how do I want to word it (laughs) something that I can relate to and pe- other people can really easily relate to mm-hmm
0: has your life changed at all since you wrote this? My life has changed um I wrote this in the fall
2: of twenty nineteen, and at the time, my mental space was not good at all, and I think that reflects it in kind of the story um a lot of my new stuff is a lot more confident. Um, I feel a lot more confident. I'm a lot happier. So there's not kind of that depressing undertone to it <laughs> anymore. But yeah, we'll see how it goes from here.
0: Yeah. Do you find yourself writing about a certain part of your life most often? I write a lot from when
2: I lost my mom. Um, she passed in 18. And mm-hmm. so a lot of my stuff is kind of like looking back on what I would have done, what I should have done while she was still here, and then a lot of what I wish I could still do with her.
0: Yeah, it's really hard. I'm really sorry about that. What is the most difficult part of your artistic process? The most difficult part is probably
2: when I write the middle of my stories. My uh, dialogue props and what I start out with It's usually either at the beginning of a story or at the end. And I can write endings and beginnings amazingly. It's (laughs) building that actual story that I struggle with a lot.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your artistic process?
2: I have to find something that kind of speaks to me. There's millions of prompts on the internet and in books. And um, there's thousands of options. But... Mm -hmm. A lot of them, if it's not something that I can connect with and really kind of, it sounds cheesy, but feel in my soul, Mm -hmm. um, it's not something I can know I can build a story that people want to read out of.
0: Yeah. What would you recommend to others looking to participate in the Judas Goat? Submit as much as you can. (laughs) Even if you don't think it's good,
2: submit it. Yeah. Um, the more options you have for people to choose from, the more likely you're gonna succeed and get
0: included. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed talking to you.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me. I mean, and working with my schedule, trying to get me in here when I was in town was great. Yeah, of course. Was great. So. Thank
0: you for coming in Absolutely. In. <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed learning about Caitlin and Jessica. I sure have. As you have heard, they are both very talented individuals, and I am grateful to have them on the Judas Goat House. This episode was produced by Callie Hurley at Wayne State College. Music can be found on APM named Wallflower by Inside Tracks. Have a great night!